Why do I not fit in anymore? That's the title of the teaching today. Why do I not fit in anymore? I like the pause there, and the pause is purposeful. If I just said, why do I not fit in, anybody might be in that category. But I'm actually speaking specifically to people that have asked Jesus Christ into their life to be their Lord and Savior. Could have been 30 years ago, 60 years ago, or yesterday, or it could be here during this service. But there is a reality that when Jesus comes into our life, we don't fit in anymore. But the problem is, is that we try to fit in to many of those areas that we used to live in before we accepted Jesus into our life. Some of those places are with our friends, friends that we used to run around with before we came to know Jesus Christ. We don't fit in there anymore. Some of those places might be at work, you know, whenever we're at work and there's something inside of us where we just don't feel like we fit in anymore. Sometimes those places are amongst family. We have students all the time that come home from summer at Summit, and when they come back, they say, I just realized I I don't fit in anymore. I still love my parents. I still love my family. I still love fellowship, but there's something happening inside of me. I just don't fit in anymore. You know, even as Christians, places like depression that we had before we came to Christ, we still carry that into our experience today, but you know what? You don't fit there anymore. Places of shame, places of guilt, you don't fit there anymore. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a teaching or provide a teaching that is going to come from 1 Peter chapter 1 that is going to help us to get a little bit of an insight into the Christian experience. You know, many times they say when you come to Christ, all things are going to be new and all things are going to be great. And that is true. But there's still a friction that can take place. And that's what we're going to talk about today is why do I not fit in anymore. There's this television show that I have not watched one series, but it it was pretty popular amongst the youth that came out a couple years back, and uh, it's called Stranger Things. And in this show, there was a boy that got introduced or abducted into this supernatural world. It was a world that they actually called the upside down world. And all of a sudden, there was the family, the town, his friends, everybody was searching for this boy, saying, where has he gone? And all of a sudden, one day, a girl shows up who had had been involved with this upside-down world that she begins to try to explain and to talk to them about this other world, this other realm that was actually a real realm. And that was the first season. And then the second season came out. And all of a sudden, this boy came back from the upside-down world, and now he's trying to live in this right-side-up world, but he's actually realizing the right-side-up world is not the real world. There's actually an upside-down world, and now he doesn't know how to live. He's actually more comfortable in the upside-down world than he is in the right-side-up world. Now, like I said, I haven't seen the show, so I'm not, I don't know what's all behind it. It's just the plot is very interesting. 
because that does sort of explain our Christian experience. You know, there is a real eternal spiritual realm that is more real than the, the, than, than the realm that we're actually seeing right now, this realm of matter. And that's sort of what I'm going to be talking to us today is why do we no longer fit in? You know, this question is not a new question to a 21st century Christian that is living in the center of New York City or wherever else we are in the world. Why don't I fit in? It's actually a question that has been being asked all the way back to the beginning of time. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the way through the New Testament church. And Peter specifically begins to answer this question. And he starts off addressing this issue. So I want us to go together, 1 Peter chapter 1, and I want us to begin to read what's happening here. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1. Peter, that's the author. Now, for those who don't know who Peter is, most people in the church do, but just in case you don't, Peter was a youth one day in this material world fishing with his father when all of a sudden a voice came walking by and said, Peter, follow me. I have plans for you. I'm going to show you a world that you don't know anything about. I want you to follow me and I'm going to make you a fisher of men in this unseen realm. And all of a sudden, Peter begins to follow this man named Jesus for three years. Peter begins to get this inside view into this kingdom of God that Jesus was bringing into the earth. He began to hear the teachings of Jesus. He began to see the supernatural powers of Jesus. He began to see that Jesus had the ability to cast out demons and to heal the sick. Even Peter began to walk on top of the water with Jesus. But then Peter also began to experience that, but the real world I still live in and I actually still struggle when I'm living in this real world. You know, even Peter, as he walked on top of the water, he began to sink a bit. Even Peter denied that he ever even knew Jesus, the Son of God. But then Peter was also restored to a place of fellowship with God. And then he came back from this place and began strengthening the brothers who were living in this realm called the material world, but he began strengthening them, reminding them that all the things that Jesus talked about and presented is actually true. There is another kingdom out there that is better than our kingdom, that is greater than our kingdom. This is who Peter is. And Peter, this boy who got an experience of another world, he came and he began to write a letter to a group of Christians. And that's what we're going to begin to read. That's a little bit of context into this letter that we're reading. First Peter chapter one, Peter, I'm the author, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, Peter just gave us his authority. He just told us he's the author, but he's now saying, I'm writing under the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. The word apostle just literally means a special messenger. So I'm Peter, a boy that was a teenager that got called out by the son of God, this king of another kingdom 
this lamb that died for the sins of the world, I got called out by him and I was given a special mission to write a message to his Christians, to his believers. So here we go. Peter, with special authority, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now we all know Jesus to some sort, but really what I just want us to capture here is that he's writing for a king. Jesus came and revealed himself to Peter and he said, you are the Messiah. You are a king. And this is who Peter is writing to. Now, here comes the audience. I'm writing to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. So may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Guys, this opening passage of scripture is packed with so much incredible insight. You see the entire Trinity in, in this opening passage by Peter. You see this title that Peter calls the Christians that they're meant to live in while in the earth. We could spend weeks on just this opening passage of scripture, but really what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give us two thoughts of what we just read that is going to help us to understand why do I not fit in anymore, but now what do I do? What do I do now that I know I do not fit in? What do I do now in my life? Peter, the first title that he calls these Christians is aliens. Now, when I say this word alien, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Little green things with big antennas. So we need to put some context around this portion of scripture. But you're really not too far off. I want us to read this again. Listen to what Peter says. I'm Peter writing a special message of G from Jesus Christ, and I'm writing to those who are residing as aliens that are scattered throughout the land. See, Peter is writing to a specific group of Christians that actually lived in Rome, but because of this intense persecution that came against the church, they were scattered out from their homeland. They were no longer living in their place of normal, their place of comfortableness, their place where they knew their family, their friends, their culture, and they were forced to leave that place, and now they're residing in an area that is not their home. So Peter understands this, and he actually calls them aliens. Now, some of your Bibles might say foreigners, some might say strangers, but literally the word is talking about outcasts. Peter is calling Christians outcasts, foreigners, strangers, aliens. Now, what I want to do here in the next maybe five minutes is I want to put biblical context around this word aliens, because I want us to know first he is referencing people who are living in a place that is not their home. Listen to what he said. I'm writing to residents that are scattered 
throughout the land. You're now living in a place that is not their home. So why did Peter call the early Christians aliens? Number one, because people are now living in a place that is not their home. Now, as I say this, there should be some points that are coming across this top. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to parallel that thought in with why do I not fit in today? How many of you are Christians but have come to the reality, I'm not home? I don't live home. I'm in a place that is not my home. Let's put a little bit more context around this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. You can flip over there. Listen to what Peter also says concerning these Christian aliens. These Christians that were not fitting in, that were living in a land that was not their own. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, he says, For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. Why were they being termed aliens? Because at one point, they were not the people of God, but now they are a people of God. People in this room that are Christians are now not termed just humans, but now you are termed people of God. Okay, let's continue. Let's look at a little bit more context. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3. Why was Peter calling them strangers, foreigners, outcasts, people not of this world? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3, he says this, From now on, you must live the rest of your earthly lives, not controlled by human desires, but by God's desires. You have spent enough time in the past doing what the heathens like to do or the unbelieving people like to do. Your lives were spent in indecency, lust, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and the disgusting worship of idols. And now the heathens are surprised when you do not join them in the same wild and reckless living as so they insult you. So why were these early Christians that were cast out of their homeland and now living in a land that is not their own, and Peter was reminding them that you are now the people of God, Peter is now telling them you used to have desires that were just like every other unbelieving person of the world, but now you have an understanding of God's desires, and now you're no longer meant to live like they are, which means now they're going to begin to look at you and begin to think that you are different. You are weird. You're not like us. Paul actually explains this definition best. You don't have to flip there, but in Philippians 3.20, Paul defines this biblical term of alien best when he says these words. We are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. Now, the word citizen is literally meaning a person who is legally recognized as their home being in a particular country. Paul is calling Christians citizens of heaven. Peter is calling Christians aliens, people that have desires not of this world. 
People that are now not of the people of the world, but are now of the people of heaven. So I want us to hold on to that thought because I want to ask you this question. Where is your first citizen at, citizenship at? Are we first citizens of America? Or are we first citizens of heaven? Are you a citizen of heaven? So let's go back to our opening question. Why do I not fit in anymore? Why do I not fit in in the things that mark this world? You know, if a foreigner comes to a new land that is not their home, what's going to mark this foreigner, this alien, or this stranger? What are some of the distinct features that's going to mark them as being a person not from this location? Number one, they're going to have different values. They're going to see things differently. They're no longer going to see people in the same way, the same light. They're no longer going to strive in the same way as the people of the homeland for certain money, certain recognition, certain statuses in life. As an alien Christian, we don't fit in to the old value system. So I'm asking you a question. Whenever you are in your workplace or when you're around certain friends or when you're in certain places of the culture and you feel like you're not fitting in, do we begin to get depressed or do you actually say, praise God? There's something that is actually showing me I'm a citizen of another place. My value system is actually changing. Different languages. If a foreigner comes to a different land we're going to recognize them because they have a different value system, but also because they have a different language. They're going to speak differently. They're not going to have foul language. They're not going to enjoy the filthy jokes. They might not talk about certain political things or certain things with life because they have a different language. They have different rules. They have a different dress. Different culture, different food. They like different food. I'm, as I explain these markings of an alien or a foreigner, I'm asking you a question. Does this mark your life? Are you a citizen of heaven? Are you the people of God? Do you now have desires that's not of this world? If so, praise God. <clears throat> this is what Peter was addressing the early Christians as they were persecuted or forced out of their homeland and are now living in a place that is not their home. Peter is saying, I know you're aliens. I know you're in a place that is not your home. I know that you're not going to fit in. I know that your value system is not going to be the same. I know that your food source, your clothing, your, your language, all these things that mark a Christian is not going to be the same. But then Peter begins to actually help them 
with a different perspective on their life. Because see, I'm reading this from the NASB, which actually calls the Christians aliens first. But if you look in some of your Bibles, I think the ESV, but in the original Greek, when Peter was writing to the Christians, he didn't call them aliens first. He actually puts this incredible word in front of the word aliens, chosen. See, the writer of the NASB puts the word chosen a little bit later because it actually helps to point what we're chosen by. But Peter is actually saying, I'm, I'm Peter, an apostle of Jesus, writing a special message to Christians that are living in a world that is not their own. But he actually says this, I'm Peter, writing a special message from Jesus to those who are chosen outcast. See, the, Peter that, that, or the, 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 the title that Peter wants Christians to live under is not aliens. He helps them to understand you're going to have this representation of an alien in the world because you're not living in your home. But I don't want you to live under that title. I want you to live under the title chosen. We are chosen. You and I are chosen. <clears throat> so why don't we fit in? Because yes, we are outcasts in the world. But the question is then who am I really? I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Who am I? I'm chosen. 1 Peter 2.9, listen to how he defines out this word chosen, this title chosen. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Listen, guys, the, the Bible says the truth will set you free. And what Peter was doing was he was changing our perspective from the earthly perspective of not fitting in, of people making fun of us, of, of us not relating to the culture around us. He was trying to change our perspective from seeing ourselves as aliens in the world to chosen in heaven. See, we might be outcasts in the world, but you are accepted in heaven. We are chosen to live in God's royal family. And what's an incredible thought is actually how Peter explains this. He says, I'm Peter. An apostle of Jesus Christ, writing to the chosen people who are living for a time as aliens, who are scattered throughout the land. But you are chosen, the Bible says, catch this, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. Now may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Listen, guys, how many of you and myself included need grace and peace in the fullest measure? <clears throat> Let's unpack this for a moment because 
what I'm trying to help us to see today is we don't sit in a place of not fitting in. We actually sit in a place of fitting in. No, we don't fit in in this world, but yes, we are fitting in in heaven. See, our perspective has to change. For my graduation, when I graduated from Summit, we had Pastor Gary Wilkerson came and he did our commencement ceremony. And that day he called us buffaloes. He said, I'm charging you not to live as a cow, but to live as a buffalo. Now, I spent the next week trying to explain to my wife that he was not calling her a buffalo. But she said, but he called us buffaloes. And I said, but he didn't call you a cow. (laughs) Completely different perspective. I would rather be called a buffalo versus a cow. So what Peter is saying is, where is our perspective at? Are we aliens in the earth? Do we not fit in? Do we find out that we're rubbing against the system, against the old ways of living, against the old things? Or are we living a life as chosen? Not only are we chosen, but Peter says it in this way. You're chosen by the Trinity. Each member of the Trinity has his place in choosing you to become the royal family of God. Listen to how he says it. You've been chosen by the foreknowledge of God the Father. Meaning in the past, before you were ever created, God thought about you and he was choosing us to be accepted in Jesus Christ. This is your true identity. We're not identified as aliens. We're identified as a chosen person of God. This is how he says in in Ephesians 1.4. Paul says this. God chose us to be in Jesus before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless. In love, he predestined us to adoption, to, uh, for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. This according to the kind intention of his will. You know, I one time heard of a story of a boy that was, or it was actually a mother and a father that was trying their best to have a, a baby, a, a child, but they weren't able to have a child for the longest time. So they decided to go and adopt a, a, a boy. So they went to adopt this boy, and, and, and what it was was out of the kind intention of the parents. They said, I want to have a child to bring him into our house and let him have everything of ours. And this is going to be according to the kind intention of our will. And then all of a sudden, years later, after they adopted this boy, they ended up having a natural child. And over time, these two boys were growing up. And one day the mother walked by the room and heard the natural boy mocking the adopted boy, saying, my parents don't love you. You're not a real child. You're adopted. And all of a sudden this mother became so frustrated. She came bursting into the room and said, what are you doing? How could you dare say this? We chose him. We chose to love him. We chose to bring him into this house. We chose him. He did not choose us. I didn't have a choice with you. (laughs) But let that sit in your heart for a moment. And listen to how Paul says it. He chose us from before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless in him. And this according to the kind intention of his will. It's the Father's will. And this is what Peter was saying. 
You are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Guys, we, we got to see this and understand this. This word sanctifying is meaning becoming into the image of Christ or becoming into the image of what God has destined our life to become. You and I are being changed by the Holy Spirit. So in the past, God chose us, but in this current moment, in the present, the Holy Spirit is making it real. You understand that? In the past, God chose you. In the present, God has chosen you. And he's making this real to obey Jesus and to be washed by his blood. You know what that means is he has chosen us also for the future. Every step of our life is so that we would just obey Jesus, meaning that we would follow Jesus, that we would walk with him. And when we mess up, he's got us covered. That's what it says, that you would obey him and be washed by his blood. This is an incredible understanding. God has chosen us to be holy in Christ. The Holy Spirit is making it so real to us, and he's sanctifying us or setting us apart, making us not like the old person, making us into a new person so that our next step would be to obey Jesus, so that our next step would be to obey Jesus. And when we mess up, Jesus has got us covered. He, oh, he, he causes us to want to obey him, but he's also washing us with his blood. He is the lion and the lamb. He is the king that demands perfect obedience, but he is the lamb that is slain for your failures. He is grace and he is truth. That's why he's saying when you get this revelation that yes, you might not fit in in the earth, but look at how you fit in in the heavenly places. Now that you understand this, let grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. If God is for you, who could ever be against you? So who am I? I'm chosen to live in God's royal family. Do you know what that means? Yes, our perspective has to be different, but it also means our posture needs to be different. It's time to stand up a little bit taller with a little bit more confidence. Our posture needs to change today and our perspective needs to change today. The second point here is who am I? <clears throat> I'm a new person. Watch what happens in first Peter one through three, and we're getting ready to wrap this up. But watch what happens here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. After this incredible revelation of God choosing us and what he's doing in us, it says these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's wait for a second. Guys, it's like Peter got this revelation of God's choosing him and all of a sudden bursts into worship. Blessed be God, the Father of my Lord and Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercies, has caused us to be born again. We are a new creation. Who am I? I am in the royal family of God. Who am I? I'm a new creation. A inside work has been done that has made you new. What is our perspective seeing? And how should that change our posture? Watch what happens here, guys. 
Let's continue to read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3. And now everything that Peter is speaking to is Christians that are living in a world that is not their home. But he begins to tell them, but look at your eyes upwardly and see that God has chosen you to be in his royal family and he's caused you to be a new creation in the earth. Now watch this incredible revelation of this new life principles. Remember, that boy who was taken away to the upside down world, we're about to talk about this heavenly place that Peter begins to open up here. Blessed be the God and Father, who according to his great mercies, this new life is acted, activated by new mercies, has caused us to be born again to a living hope. You now have a living hope, a hope that will never die through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter's talking about this resurrection power is now alive in you. This new life, you now have resurrection power. You don't live by the energy of this old life. You now live by a new energy, by this new mercy of God in this new life. Verse 4, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, which is reserved in heaven for you. Yes, I'm chosen. Yes, I am in heavenly places, but I'm an alien in the earth, but I am born again, and God's mercies have caused me to be born again. I have a new power in my life, and look at my inheritance. That will never fade away. You know, Peter goes from the born-again moment to the inheritance. He skipped over this thing called life. You know why? Peter's saying, you're born again, now look upwardly. Look to your future. Because you have an inheritance. Verse 5, and you are now being protected by the power of God through your faith. God's got your back. God is protecting you. This is the new life. Yes, we might not fit in in certain places, but we don't put our perspective here. Our perspective's in heaven. You're being protected by the power of God through your faith for a salvation that is ready. Your salvation is ready today. Jesus said it is finished. There should be a joy that erupts from our heart as Peter said, blessed be God because my salvation is complete and it's ready to be revealed for the end days. And then he says these incredible words, which is where we'll end with this. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you are being distressed by various trials. In this, you rejoice. And everything Peter just talked about is where the Christian lives. This is where a abiding joy will always be in our hearts as Christians that are aliens in the earth. Our perspective has to remain on heavenly things. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, you're going to be in places that you don't fit in. Showing you that you don't belong there, and I'm bringing you home to heaven. So what do we do now? I'm going to give us three points here, and this is where I'm closing. So what do we do now? Number one, knowing that we're not from here, we're from heaven, 
And every person that is a citizen of a specific land, they submit themselves to a constitution of that, of that land. So what do we do now, knowing that we're citizens of heaven, we're in God's family? We now live under a new constitution. Every nation has a constitution, which are the bylaws that the government rules by. And as the Christians who are citizens of heaven, here is our constitution. Now look, guys, this is easily understood, but it's not carried out all the time. What Peter is wanting us to know as Christians that are living in the world is we submit now to a different constitution. Yes, we submit to the laws of the land, but we are first submitted to the laws of heaven. Second thing is we now bow to a new king. We now bow to a new king. First, we live under a new constitution. Secondly, we bow to a new king. Jesus is our king. And look, we find him attractable and trustworthy, meaning his words are attractable to us. We trust them, but we also find them trustworthy. We trust his words, so we bow to them. We submit our life to them. Lastly, we now desire and enjoy new cravings. We now desire and enjoy new cravings as chosen people in heaven. God does not want us living off of the desires of the old person, but he wants us living off the desires of this new life. And this is what he's called us into. Jesus says these words, do not worry what you will eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear for the unbelievers eagerly seek after these things. But your heavenly father already knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know what Jesus did at that moment? Speaking to those who are now chosen of heaven, he just freed you from those old seeking desires that the rest of the world has to seek after. Food, clothing, houses. He just freed you from that. You no longer have to seek those things. He just says, seek me and my kingdom. Those things your father in heaven is going to take care of. We are citizens of a new kingdom. We are children of God and his royal family. We have new desires that are living inside of us. So this is where we're closing. What do we do now? We read our constitution. We love and we bow to our king. And we enjoy these new desires that he gives us, which means we come to church and we enjoy worship, which means we read the Bible and we enjoy this. We enjoy serving people. We enjoy loving people. When we do these things, you're going to find all of this enjoyment of life because you're doing those things that he is birthing inside of you. So let's stand together. We're going to just worship our king for a few, mom for, for a few more mom moments. And I'm just going to ask us this question. Where has our perspective been?
how has our posture been? Watch. When those two are corrected, watch where your praise goes. Watch where your praise goes. Who are you? Who are you? You're not an alien. You're a child of God. You're a chosen and royal priesthood. So let's just bow our eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, I'm just asking right now that you minister to your children's heart. Father, any person that is in this room that has been feeling like an outcast, has been feeling like they don't belong, has been feeling like they don't know how to survive anymore, they feel like there's been a place in their life where they just know that they don't fit in anymore, and maybe even depression is over their heart. Holy Spirit, I'm praying right now that you change their perspective right now. Father, we just looked at the life-giving Word of God, and we saw what you chose us to be like. And Father, I pray right now for that Word to come inside the hearts of every person whose perspective or posture has been maybe off, maybe just a few degrees off. And I pray today, Father, that they have a real moment with you. And they begin to put themselves back into the line of view of who they are in heaven. Strengthen them today, Father. Father, strengthen them today. They don't fit in in those old places. Call them out of it. Call them out of it like you did Lazarus. Call them out of it. Your people don't belong in a grave. Call them out of it, God. They don't fit in there no more. Call them out of it, Holy Spirit. Produce joy. Produce this joy that Peter said, in this you rejoice. God, you've given us an ability to rejoice even when the trials are heavy and big. Oh, Father, I pray right now that you begin to correct and bring in alignment our view of who we are as your people.